0: Just a heads up, this episode includes an honest discussion about mental health and includes mentions of topics such as suicide and sexual assault. Listener discretion is advised. Also, if you or anyone you know has had talks of suicide, we recommend you reach out to the National Suicide Prevention Line, 1-800-273-8255. I didn't have a clear idea about where to go with this episode. I was interested in featuring more female voices, but needed a clear theme or discussion. I'm not sure how it happened, but as I was trying to figure out who to speak to, the Instagram algorithm put me in the path of a woman named Mikayla. Maybe it was the Reels algorithm is just too good, or maybe I know too many marines, but Mikayla's videos and bio caught my attention. She was a veteran and a mental health advocate. As you can probably guess, there's a taboo around mental health in the military. I thought maybe this would make for a decent discussion. So I DM'd her asking if she would be down to be interviewed. After some back and forth, she was. And more importantly, she was genuine, honest, and down to earth during our conversation.
1: Hi, my name is Michaela. I'm, I guess I'm an artist and I'm just also, I guess, just kind of like another person that's trying to figure this whole life thing out um, and I am an advocate for mental health.
0: Let's start with your journey on becoming a mental health advocate. How did you how did you get there?
1: So it honestly started um, when I got in the Marines. I enlisted in 2016 and I came from an abusive household. So after I joined, I was in a car accident. And I had a TBI, which is a traumatic brain injury. So I had some memory loss and I had to go to a TBI clinic for some treatment. And this was in Quantico, Virginia. And at the time I was in an abusive relationship and basically like the stress from the relationship and because my work didn't believe how severe my TBI was, they like, it just created a stressful work environment because so I was getting in trouble for why I wasn't there. I was getting like all this, receiving all this pushback. And so I was receiving a lot of pushback and basically the stress from the toxic work environment and my toxic relationship at the time, it had stunted my my recovery basically. Like I was healing at half the rate. I still was barely like able to walk. I was barely able to do a lot of things and I, could, I couldn't I could be at work. I was only at work for like a few hours a day. And I think it was every two weeks or every month, they would add about an hour or so. And a lot of people just didn't believe that it was this bad. And so when I was going to the TVI clinic, they kind of just noticed that I had all these other stressors. So I was diagnosed with PTSD and anxiety and all these things. And I had to go to a bunch of different classes i went to like ptsd classes like once a week for i think like five weeks or something and then i was going i've done acupuncture i've done emdr um acupuncture is where they stick the needles in to like relieve your stress in different parts of the body emdr is like eye movement desensitization something like that where you basically are like you experience or you tell whatever experiences that you that was traumatic for you and then they have you follow their fingers as they move it back and forth and then you notice what body sense like what body sensation you're feeling and then you tell your story again and then you look at it and it's like it erases your your trauma to that event it's kind of crazy and I've done music therapy I've done art therapy I've done I've done like yoga and all the different therapies and basically my doctor recommended all of these things for me because I was so like under so much stress, just basically from growing up and then in the military that they were kind of committed to helping me find and develop a a healthier life for myself that I can enjoy instead of just constantly being stressed. And for me being a, a girl that was raised in an old school Mexican abusive household that was kind of like introduced to a whole new world so once I had all those resources and I was able to see like holy shit like you know the food that you eat matters and the amount of sleep like your sleep hygiene is so important and your day hygiene and all these things that you can get like it can come from your trauma it can come from your genetics it can come so I knew all these things and it was just so crazy that it was like it made sense as to why I was struggling and why I was repeating same behaviors that were kind of like, it. it's not that I was, like, I didn't know how to leave a bad situation because I was never taught how to, you know? Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, yes,
1: yeah, so I guess that's where it all started. I guess once I once I had the resources from there, it just kind of rocketed off and I continued therapy and eventually started just going to school and reading about it and stuff.
0: I guess, do you have any, I guess, regrets? Would you, you, if you had, if you had to to do it again, would you have chosen a different branch or do you think there was something about the Marines in particular that, that environment kind of, uh, I guess, added to uh, whatever you were feeling going into basic training?
1: Towards the end of my enlistment, I did five years. So I think about the last year, last year and a half, I was feeling a lot of regret and, I guess, hatred and anger towards enlisting. But I think, I really think that you, the the way you perceive the world, you see it from the same, the same lens as how you perceive yourself. So I think I was, I had a lot of hurt in me. And so I was projecting that onto my view and my opinion of the Marine Corps. Honestly, now that I've had time to process and reflect, I love that I joined because Growing up, I was, like, I was abused, and I had a very hard time with my confidence. I, especially with authority figures, I, like, really thought I could never get in trouble by anybody because I would just break down and cry. Like, I had no confidence whatsoever. I was really skinny. I had an eating disorder. I was, like, I think 90 pounds when I left for boot camp, and I think I graduated at, like, 94, And that was the most I had weighed ever in my life. I was like, I was a, a, when I was in high school, I was shopping at children's place and it's a kid, like a store for, for kids because I was so skinny. Yeah. And then I joined and I met these women who were, um, I met these women who like my drill instructors. And I remember my senior drill instructor, they were just these strong, badass, powerful, intimidating women, but they like later you learn that they're also your sisters, you know, they're your mentors, they're like someone that's supposed to help you. And it's not someone that you need to be afraid of. And I learned about what respect really means. I learned that like respect isn't fear. It's just, you know, once you, they kind of took me in my senior drill instructor, like I remember in boot camp, she had me in the gear locker. So I was it's called a scribe so basically you're just kind of like the senior drill instructors right hand man and you write everything you record the girls weights and all that and help whatever and so um we were in the gear locker which is where all the inventory stuff is for like the hygiene like the soap and all that and I remember I was scared as fuck because it was just us and I was like so traumatized (laughs) and I uh she was like, recruit, why do you look like you've seen a ghost? Why do you look like you're so pale? And I had told her about my mom and how I'm not used to seeing someone stand over me and to understand the concept of safety, you know, like knowing that I was in a safe zone. I've never, I don't know. So I was in shock. Like that was where, and I started to learn about the whole like freeze, fight, flight and all that stuff. So I got to understand like why my body freezes up the way it does and all this and but I guess like the Marine Corps kind of saved me in a sense it saved this broken girl with no confidence with no family and I feel like I got that family and I learned it kind of really challenged a lot of things for me because I left my home and I was able to see big picture what was going on in my household that was not okay and I was able to kind of make a family through my brothers and sisters, like in the Marines, like on my own terms, you know, like you learn and you go through experiences together and you learn that like what the real meaning of friendship is and like unconditional love, you know, there's no conditions that someone gets to love you. And I learned that blood doesn't make family. And I got to travel and do all these things. Like I didn't even, I didn't even know how to drive. My mom told me she didn't want me to learn how to drive because then that would mean I would know how to leave her. So it wasn't until I was in I was on my first duty station and I didn't have my permit, I didn't have my license or anything and I was like the, the new junior Marine, I remember. and my NCOs would like study with me and they would like help me, they printed out the books um, because we work at a print shop too and so they were able to just print out whatever resources and they would just have me studying and they took me on my birthday and they took me to go um, to go get my permit I remember and you know they do all these little things they're, they're there for you like in these milestones and they have you do financial classes, they have you do, like you just have all these resources and all this support, it's like a competitive environment, but I do agree that there are people in there that I think they kind of slip through the cracks and they know how to work the system. And if you come across that, it's very easy. If you like come across their toxicity, it, it, I don't know, it can make a huge difference into how, you, how your enlistment goes basically. Uh, I don't think that I don't think I regret it I think I got a lot of experience especially from my job field I uh I was combat camera so I did graphic design I did photography videography we did journalism and I was able to like run so I got all this experience that I wasn't able to get had I not joined because I didn't have the grades for it I didn't have you know the funding for it I didn't have the resources or even the support for that but through the military I was able to get that all for free and even like my first day at school I remember for the schoolhouse um it was at it was at Fort Meade Maryland and uh, they gave us like laptops and they gave us markers and all these different tools that we could take home and like a new camera to take pictures and all this and I remember I cried because I uh I stayed back all the other kids like went back to the schoolhouse or to the barracks whatever and I stayed back and I was like crying and like thanking my teachers because I couldn't I couldn't believe that I got free things you know like before I would have to do hand-me-downs or I would have to ask my teachers and I would get like you know leftover books or they would have like my teachers would buy me some things or I would run to the store and I would steal like school supplies and stuff for me and my sister sometimes and and it, it wasn't like I wasn't provided things at all. I don't want to make it seem like my parents didn't give me a lot of things, but there were times where we didn't have those funds for whatever reason at the time. Um, And so I just was so used to having to do things on my own to come up with the resources that I needed for school that finding out that I had access to this whole new life of like resources and like everything I needed to be successful was just totally new to me and that definitely gave me like the stepping stone that I needed to get into my career now because now I still do my photography and all that stuff and I'm I went to school I went to advanced schooling and all that on the military's dime and now I have the platform and the knowledge and the experience that I do to help me get to where I need to be and to help me kind of spread the message you know in a way that people are going to be able to take it in or interpret it easier if that makes sense
0: you've shared a lot about borderline personality disorder on social media um i guess take us through that journey like i mean you have you've mentioned a little bit about it i guess um i guess what key moments or indicators uh came up that you know maybe indicated that you needed to speak with someone and also what myths just witnessed you hope to dispel through advocacy
1: So uh, BPD, borderline personality disorder, that's also, I wanna throw out, that's different than bipolar disorder, which a lot of people can get confused. Um, And I also have that, but I'll explain the difference. Bipolar is something that you get genetic wise and it can last like months to a long time where you're experiencing really high highs and really low lows. And you can treat that with medicine and borderline personality disorder there's nine different symptoms if you look in the DSMR, which is kind of like the it's kind of like the Bible of mental health, like diagnoses and disorders and stuff. Um, so there's nine different symptoms, and if you meet at least five of those nine, then you would have BPD. Um, and I wrote some of them down. So, uh, fear of abandonment unstable interpersonal relationships, identity issues, impulsiveness, suicidal thoughts, tendencies, or self mutilating behaviors, Um, your emotions changing rapidly and very intensely, chronic feelings of emptiness, anger, rage, and paranoia or or uh, dissociation, dissociation. And I guess my process was uh, I was stationed in Quantico, Virginia, and then I was sexually assaulted. I reported and then I got an expedited orders to Okinawa, Japan. And uh, my first weekend in the barracks, I was sexually assaulted again, and I reported and um, I was continuing therapy. But then at this point, like I was dealing with so much from the investigation from my previous unit and then dealing with the stressors of, you know, I just got here and now I'm dealing this dealing with it again. Um I was just a lot of things were coming up. I was feeling a lot of emotions and a lot of thoughts. And I kind of just honestly surrendered myself at this point. Like no lying, no, you know, sugarcoating the truth about whatever. Because I used to be scared about if you let people know about what you're dealing with or going through whatever you'll be non-deployable you'll be this or whatever but I was already at a deployable unit I you know even though I was already being open but at this point I knew that I needed more help and being deployed or being you know TD or whatever like that wasn't that shouldn't have been my first priority so I kind of just surrendered and I was um, what is it a high like suicide risk And basically I started with this new therapist and she kind of had asked me, do you know what borderline personality disorder is? And I looked it up. Like she told me to do some research on it over, I think it was a holiday weekend or something. And, and it felt like a missing puzzle piece. Like it explained so much. And I didn't understand like why I, was acting the way I did and why life was so hard and why this and like I just everything just felt so intense all the time and when she said that and then she explained um, that it's not something that can be treated with medication which really sucks because it's like BPD is like having like bipolar, where you switch, but it's really fast. So it's just like a really fast roller coaster of emotions. Because basically, you can either get it in inherited through genetics and or through your environmental upbringing. Which in my case, I believe I've gone from both. And your trauma basically emotionally it emotionally stunts you. So you have a very low. I was told basically I have a low. EQ um, and that's an emotional intelligence whatever um, because just because of my trauma and so I didn't know how to process my emotions or how to regulate them if I was in stressful situations and the situations left I wouldn't know how to you know convince myself that I was safe you know the threat is gone or whatever like I was just in this constant like turmoil of emotions and thoughts and once she told me that um I basically just started to get the help I needed. I started to read. They put me onto this book called, I Hate You Don't Leave Me. And it's kind of just like the borderline personality disorder um, breakdown or manual. It goes over why you think the way you do and where it can come from and different medications and therapies and like benefits and different examples and, and, examples as far as like with how it affects your work, how it can affect, you know, your views of yourself and your relationships and the difference. So I guess when she asked me, have I seen or did I ever know about BPD, when I read about the symptoms, like if I felt seen, I felt like recognized and heard because before I just felt crazy, like nobody could understand why I was hurting so much or I was this or they didn't believe me or whatever. And I didn't know how to explain to people that like, I'm feeling so intensely, even if it's something that you think is small, you know, or even if whatever, like I I can't turn it off. And so when it happened with, like when she showed me all these different symptoms, um, I ended up going to, I ended up getting stationed in Cherry Point and this is where, everything kind of really went through that I just at this point I had already surrendered myself to therapy and I was honest that being overseas and being away from my support system especially during COVID time we had a lot of restrictions and it just wasn't good for my mental health so I um, and because my current investigation at the time I was already like assaulted by another marine over there it was a lot more beneficial for me to just get orders to the states. So I got to Cherry Point, North Carolina. And from there, I went to a lot of different therapies. And it really helped me um, just kind of break down. And I was able to really notice where in the past, things were hurting a lot. um, Because my relationships were just trash. Um, And it was just like, I don't know how to explain it. Like I would self-sabotage and even if things were really good, like I would find a way to fuck it up or like I couldn't accept being in peace. And I think it was because I wasn't used to experiencing peace for a long amount of time back at home. So chaos was just kind of comfortable for me. So whether, if my partner wasn't creating the chaos themselves, then I kind of would take it upon myself subconsciously to bring something up but it was just because i like literally didn't i didn't know any better you know and um i guess that kind of hit a lot with like the fear of abandonment and all these different things i had and even with like self-mutilating first of all i was suicidal i and then it's like i didn't realize that in 2019 i got 19 tattoos in one year and I didn't realize at the time that that was um, me self harming. I thought it was, you know, like everybody likes tattoos, and and I had the money because I was in the military and all this. But I, the way that I was using it, if I had a really stressful week, if I had a stressful day, if I was pissed, if I was whatever, like I would go get a tattoo. And if something happened that was really like, I would get it in a very painful spot, or I would get it, and I would be like, I just don't want to think like I just want to and that's another form that I would kind of like numb myself out and I would self-harm but I didn't realize I was just doing it at the hands of someone else you know but yeah, those are all my different symptoms I just I hit all nine criteria so there's so many different I guess key markers or indicators that I've I see now looking back especially now that I've done a lot of healing um, rather than I guess in the moment they seemed like such a regular behaviors to me at that time
0: right um are there any habits or hobbies you've picked up since embarking on this journey
1: um taking my meds every day (laughs) I used to I used to not I don't know how I would forget I would forget for like weeks because it just wasn't a normal thing Um, so getting used to I made it a hobby to like learn to take care of myself
0: (laughs) Our conversation was pretty long, so I decided to break it into two episodes. Stay tuned for episode nine. This episode was produced by me, Jordan Yr. Yes, that's, that's a pen name. If you're interested in learning more about Michaela and her work, check out her Instagram at Mementos by Michaela. Michaela is spelled M-I-K-A-Y-L-A, and it features some pretty amazing portraits. You can also find a link to her Instagram in this episode's description. Editing and engineering is provided by Joe Martinez, which is pretty awesome. That music you hear at the beginning, that's by Atim Ra, also pretty awesome. Stick around for the next episode in which we continue our conversation.